Well, we are uh, wrapping up this message series called Cycles. And I have had a couple weeks off from preaching, from being up front. Uh, one of the uh, ways that the American church has structured its worship is that they bring in a lead pastor or a senior pastor or a couple people who preach week after week. And while that is good and um, I enjoy it, I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't feel called to do it, it is really helpful for us to expand the voices that we have speaking into our lives. God is very, uh, he, he very cares about the people. He cares about his children. He puts the same spirit in each and every one of you that is in me, and the same spirit that he put in Jesus. And we believe as this community that we are the priesthood of all believers, that you are priests. That you carry the gospel, the good news of Jesus with you. You have the same spirit in you. And it is good for us to hear from the people who God has called together to learn about him. So we've been talking about perspective and the importance for us to gain perspectives in our lives. And so I just wanted to um, talk about a couple things this morning. We're going to do it a little different and, and um, we're not like totally like rehearsed. We're going to have like, a panel up here to recap what we've been working uh, working through over the last several weeks. So just uh, bear with us, but I think it will be a rich experience for us in this room. If, even if you haven't been with us over the last uh, five or six weeks, we will, um, you're going to be with us. So feel like you'll be. Why are you laughing? Don't Apostle Paul wrote Ephesians, and it was to open the 
eyes of my heart. Paul is writing to the people in Ephesus. This is the church there. He says, you know, I, I keep asking that God, our Lord Jesus Christ, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. He's asking for this revelation to come through. He says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, that in order that you may know the hope in which he has called you the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. Paul cared about um, eyes, and he says, enlightened the eye, eyes of your heart. Paul, sight was important to Paul. If you know the story of the Apostle Paul, you know that he was one of the biggest haters of the church. He ordered persecution of Christians. He was there at the martyrdom of Stephen. He hated Christians. And you know what Jesus did to get his attention? Anyone know? Knocked him down. Took his sight for three days to get his to get his uh, his heart right. So Paul writes about that often. He talks about the eyes of regaining sight. Why once was lost, but now I'm found. He was blind, but now I see. What does it mean to see? Why is it important for us to gain perspective? Why does that matter? Because Jesus knew that we would get stuck in our own little world, in our own little bubbles. And we would have blinders on, not because we're bad people, but it's just like, what happens? We get in our own world. And we need people to shake it up. We need to open the eyes of our heart. We need to see things from other people's worldviews and other people's vision. So Luke wrote uh, the, the Gospel according to Luke, and he also wrote the book of Acts. And Acts is where it describes the conversion of Paul when he lost his sight. But Luke also talks about Jesus. And he talks about what happened to Jesus. So I want us for just a minute to look at Jesus. And Jesus' ministry. His public ministry, which, which began the revolution, which is why we're here today, which is why Paul became, why Saul became Paul, and why the church was set on fire. And Luke recalls for us Jesus' journey. And if you remember, Jesus uh, grew up in Nazareth. He was baptized. When he came out of his uh, baptism, the Spirit of the Lord was on him. He went into the, the wilderness, and for 40 days he was tempted. He overcame temptation, and then he began his ministry. Guys, neither of you know the story a little bit. Okay, so then Jesus goes, and he goes, and he, he's beginning to preach in the synagogues. And then he goes home. Right? He goes back home to the people who know him, to a really comfortable place, right? This is his whole town. It's, it's where he grew up. So he goes into, uh, so in Luke 4, if you have your Bibles, if you turn there, it says he goes into Nazareth where he, uh, he goes into the synagogue and he opens up the scroll and he reads from Isaiah. Now, these people who were reading in the synagogue would read from the scrolls. They would know the story of the prophet Isaiah. But in Jesus, this is where prophecy is fulfilled. And so, he opens up the scroll and he reads this. He says, uh, in Luke 4, uh, 18, he says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners 
Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. I think that was like the equivalent of the mic drop. I think he was like, and... And it says, the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began by saying to them, today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. So he is making a statement of the day of the Lord is here. The year of the Lord's favor is here. And then it says, they all spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. Isn't this Joseph's son? He asked. Oh, he's one of us. He's back. We know him. Yay. Right? And then Jesus says to them, now this is, this is why Jesus is the man. This is awesome. He says, uh, so they're all like giving him pats in the back, like, oh, this is great. We're so happy. And he goes, um, surely you will quote this proverb to me. Physician, heal yourself. And then you'll tell me, do here in your hometown what we've heard that you've done in Capernaum. And then he says, truly I tell you, he continued, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. I assure you that there were many widows in Israel in Elijah's time. Let me just pause here for a second. He says, no prophet is accepted in his own hometown. Because he had expectations on him to behave a certain way, right? He was one of them. He knew the rules. He knew how, what was expected. So he said, hey, listen, no prophets except in his hometown. I assure you that there were many widows in Israel in Elijah's time. So Elijah was a prophet. And when the sky was shut for three and a half years, and there was severe famine throughout the land, yet Elijah was not sent to any of them. Elijah wasn't sent to help his own people. He, he points to the fact that Elijah was sent to a widow. A widow in Zarephath, in the region of Sidon. And he said, and then there were many in Israel with leprosy. Like they were sick, and they were dying, and they were outcasts, and they were pushed aside. And he says, um, but in that time, Elisha the prophet wasn't sent to them to cleanse them. He says, only they am the Syrian. And what did the people said? Oh, yay, God cares for others. They were like, oh, no, he didn't. He said, all the people in the synagogue were furious. And when they heard this, they got up, drove him out of the town, took him to the brow of the hill on which the town was built in order to throw him off the cliff. But when he walked right through the crowd and went on his way, then he went to Capernaum, a town of Galilee, and on the Sabbath, he taught the people. They were amazed at the teaching because his words had authority. Jesus' public ministry began in this town, in a safe place where people knew him. And they turned their back because the words that he had to say, they didn't come here. He says, the prophet is rejected in his hometown. There are truths that we need to hear in our hometown. That we are sometimes not able to hear them from people that we expect to be here a certain way. It is helpful for us to open our eyes, open our ears to hear who is God sending? Who is God speaking to in our midst that we can learn from? And let's not try to throw them on clips and cast them out and be furious. Like, let's be a people who say, hey God, what are you doing in the people around you? Who are the widows you are calling us to serve? Where are they? We don't even know where they are. We need to open our eyes and ear. We're the poor and the rest. You know when Jesus came, when he proclaimed his public ministry, you know he didn't come and say, hey, I'm here to make you happy, healthy, wealthy, and wise. 
ministry, but it's also to ask us, where are we looking? What do we need our sight recovered from? That is the driving force behind what this whole last, uh, this whole message series has been about cycles. Say, where do we need a new perspective? Well, poverty, yes, it affects us. Those are our brothers and sisters across the country. And, and where does it affect us locally? And, and when we talk about racial injustice and the, and the church division, yeah, that matters. Systemic uh, issues of poverty. Where do we need to hear about that? And then in our own lives, in our own personal walk with Jesus, what are the cycles that need to be broken that keep us from hearing and seeing and following after Jesus? So it matters to Jesus that we talk about that, and it matters to us. And so this morning, I'm going to call up our friends who have been sharing with us over the last several weeks. Eric is going to come up here, Antoine and Shelley. Raylene and Jerry Burns. This is the part we didn't like fully rehearse, but I think I think we got it. Um, anything else I need to? No, no, I'm just Because World Vision 
gave us a statistic that in 2017, they helped to give community aid and direct meals to over 18 million children. Over 18 million children in one year were saved and helped through World Vision. It's an amazing organization. And so I put together a highlight video of the 30-hour family to celebrate what the students have done and to allow us to see what they did and the value of that. So I'm going to show that real quick. So check out this highlight video.
So we celebrate what the students have done, but we also hear the call of the Lord that says he wants us to do justice. And um, as we focus on global poverty, we live in a, in a globe, in a world, where we have injustice. And we in America do not have to wonder where our next meal comes from. The people at World Vision felt a call to give their lives to save lives overseas. And when I spoke a few weeks ago, I offered this challenge, that the Lord might have people in this room, in this church, who are called not to stay, but to go. And who are called to be people who directly save lives, distributing food, being a part of something like World Vision, that we would be a sending body. So the quote that I offered was from Frederick Buechner that says, the Lord's calling on our life is where our greatest passion and the world's greatest need intersect. So I offer that question again this morning as we talk about the needs globally, locally, and in your personal life. Where is your passion? Where is the world's need? And where is the Lord calling you to serve? And pay attention and may we be able to trust Him. So thank you for supporting me. And uh, after we hear from everybody, I think that we'll do a time of reflection. We have the cards, but be thinking, is the Lord asking you to go? And if so, then go and you fight with me. Okay? So thank you. That's the global need. And so Antoine, my brother, he's going to share why is it important to pay attention locally and in our communities to what God's doing and what's happening. Thank you. 
is getting outside of the comfort zone and inviting someone other than the ethnic background to church. Like I said, we, we do not have that excuse anymore. I don't know anybody. It's gone. And we all got Facebook, we all got Instagram, we all got these things. The world is more connected now than it's ever been. And like I said last week, we have a college three miles down. But a bunch of students who I'm sure would love for someone to be out there or invite them in here. So we have no excuse anymore. It's time to open up and let it go. And once we do that, you'll be surprised how much the church will grow and how much it will expand and explode. So I want you to pay attention to ways you can impact someone else's life that is from a different background than you. Because they will enrich your lives so much more when we're all connected. Jelly Earth. So I spoke last week um, about also stepping out of your comfort zone. I went on a trip called Cook um down to the south, and it took um, every bit of me to actually go. But I knew that that was a calling that I had, something that kept stirring with my heart to go. Um, we have a journey to Mosaic coming up. There's also an opportunity for you to do, as well as Cancopa next year. Um, but I just encourage you to look at those trips. There's flyers in the back. Um, and see if it's something that stirs in your heart that you think you might want to go and learn about our history. Um, about what, just learn about parts of other people. The history of what they carry with them. We have history that we carry with them. How important it is to learn about it so that you can move forward, they can move forward, and that we can do it all together. And so I just encourage you to look at those. Um, at the end of our trip from Sankofa, we, we did a debriefing, of course, and talked about things that we could do going back home and, and talking to others about it. My eyes were opened up to just some little things that are really actually, well, they're big things, but they're little things. And, um, like baby dolls in the nursery. Do we have everything covered in there? Are they all white and baby? Just having the availability there. Talking with um, your circle of people that you are with, whether it's work or organization. Um, I went to our uh, elementary school that Mackenzie goes to and talked with the staff there about um, studying and uh, doing a book study together. It's kind of how we ended up talking about it. The teachers are pulling together and they're going to study a book together as, um, as leaders of the students. And so learning what civil rights even talked about in schools, I don't remember it when I was in elementary school, except for one thing. Oh, I have a dream. So, um, but there's so much more to that. So just getting out there and talking to people, being aware, um, looking at media, presentations, um, everything that's developed and that we put out there that we're uh, making sure that we're 
like covering everybody. Um, and just be willing to learn. So I just encourage you to do that. There's books available. We have some up here if you want to just glance and see what's available to learn more. Um, go on the Midwest Conference website. Go on the ECC website. Look up Love, Mercy, Do Justice. Justice. There's a ton of references out there to learn from. So I just encourage you to reach out and, and learn what you can. And let's talk about it. Good morning. I'm so thrilled and excited that we're doing this. One of the things we were looking for in the church was a place that was evangelistic that wanted to reach out. And most of all, and I think that's what this morning is about, a place that was willing to help people surrender to the call on their lives. And every one of us has that call. When we come to Jesus, he gives us the spirit inside of us. And every one of us has a call inside of us where he is saying to you, I want you to do this. I want you to go there. I want you to reach out. And one of the beautiful parts about this call is if we find it, if we believe in it, if we step into it, we will find a kind of peace and love and contentment and joy that we will never understand outside. I wanted to uh, show you my new bracelet this morning, like that. It says Papa. Uh, it comes from my grandbaby. Uh, I worry a little about our grandkids. I worry a little bit about our little ones. I worry about this world that we're in. But I know that our Savior he also knows. And he also is in the business of giving us callings in our life. We spoke a few weeks ago about Peter. We took just a little part of his life and we looked at how he tried to do it on his own and he failed. And then he denied Jesus. And I'm sure he thought he was done. But at the end, on that beach, he came to Jesus. Said, don't worry about that. Don't worry about what's in your past. Don't worry about the times you've denied me. Don't worry about those things that Satan throws up into our face. It says, because you've done this, you can't serve Jesus. Jesus said to him that day, all you need to worry about is if you love him. That day, that process of healing is something that he showed us. And for years now, Raylan and I have tried to help people through that process because God first took us. I failed miserably. I failed miserably over and over again. He healed me through a process. And uh, one of the things that we want to do while we're here is help people find a way to go through a process that will free them to serve. And, and like I said before, you have pastors here, you have leadership here. That's what they want. They love you. They want to help you find a way to find that calling on your life. Because they know that not only will this church explode, but your life, who you are, will change if you find that place. One of the things that uh, we've done before is called breaking the cycle of hurtful family experiences. 
And then you have that. Yeah. It is deep and it is a place that's hard to go. It is one of the most freeing things that you'll ever go through. And Raylene is a marriage and family counselor, graduated at the top of her class at Friends, and she hates for me to talk about that, but she did. And really, the class, uh, I go sit in there and I spout myself an audience in a while, but she's the really one who teaches this class, so I'd, I'd really like for her to say something this morning. I don't know if she's going to be mad at me about this. But. <laughs> There's been a few times when I give her the mic and things happen, uh, I'll talk about that. But anyway, <laughs> I, I would like for her to talk a little bit about what the class is. Um, I believe I'll have a lot of things to say other than um, we're talking about all these things globally, trying to narrow it down just a little bit. That one of my favorite parts uh, that Jerry was talking about is when you deny Christ and you know what happened. Then uh, it talks about how all of a sudden Jesus turned to Peter and you imagine and he went bitterly. Well, I feel like everybody's sitting in here sure they have something that would make them weep bitterly if you had the opportunity to just sit down and talk about it. And I know there are people here this morning that are hurting, correct? And they need someone to talk to. That's what we do. It's not about money. It is about building the kingdom, but we just want to start one-on-one -on -one with you. So if there's something that we can, uh, you need to talk about, I don't care whether it's an eating disorder or um, you had suicidal thoughts, your dad was a jerk, your mom did you wear high water jeans, whatever it is, we want to talk about it. Um, but thank you for allowing us to come here and, and uh, serve alongside you. It's not a better than anything, just have a desire to help. And that's why I've got this one. Thank you, Randy. So as we've heard this morning from our gathering of sages, me included. Um, we want to close this morning just offering a chance for us to just stop and pay attention in your heart. So for the next couple minutes, uh, as we've been challenged in this idea of paying attention, what are you calling me to globally or locally or in my own journey? Where am I going to be healing so that I can be free to go? Um, just take a minute while I play quietly uh, to listen. And after a few minutes, then we'll um, gather the offering and you can come forward and on those reflection cards, you can fill it out and then mark on it. Yes, I'd like to talk to a pastor about that. And if you do that, then put your name on it so you can follow up with you. But just write down what the Lord might be saying and we just wanted to pause and allow that to happen this morning and just trust that God is in Okay? So if you could just join me in prayer and then take a few minutes to reflect uh, quietly where you're at. And then I will uh, lead us into the offering where you can then bring forward the offering, bring forward your connect cards and those reflection cards, laying it before the cross and saying, Jesus, wherever you call me, So let's be people that are listening and responding as the Lord leads, okay? So let's 
Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for your work in our lives. Thank you that you came in order to set the captives free, in order to bring sight to the blind. And so, Jesus, we know that we need you to remind us and to speak to us where we might be blind and where we are eternally too focused. Would you open our hearts this morning? For everyone who is here, I pray now as we listen, Holy Spirit, would you speak? And as you are calling and nudging, would you give us the ears to hear your voice and the eyes to be open and the eyes of our heart to hear you, Jesus? So come, Lord, and speak now as we listen. Where are you calling us individually and as a church? Friends, let us listen and dream as Jesus speaks. Amen. 